Come on in, guys, because it's time for another episode of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Welcome to season three of Outwatch. We have made it to the beginning of our third complete season. My name is Alex. I will be your host and guide through our experience, and I'm joined by three of my friends who have watched very little Survivor. In fact, I would say all of you have probably watched more Survivor over the course of this podcast than the rest of your life. Is that fair to say? That's correct. I don't even remember what I watched when I was little, so yes. I watched at least season one through seven, so we're close. We're close. We're getting there. Um, this season of Outwatch, we will be recapping and rewatching and talking about Survivor Season 6, Survivor the Amazon, the titular season <laughs> of Survivor. Not laugh at that. <laughs> Wow. This, this is a uh, a classic season and one that I remember very, very little of myself. Um, and so I'm excited to re-experience it along with our co-hosts. Um, and so without further ado, before we get into episode one of Survivor the Amazon, let's uh, let's introduce you to the co-hosts. First up, um, the two-time winner of our Outwatch fantasy competition, uh, Adam. Welcome to Outwatch. Uh, it's so good to be back. Going for that three-peat. Going for the three-peat. It'll be. I've got a, a twist for our um, Survivor fantasy um, competition this season that I will reveal to you and our audience in a couple episodes when we do our draft. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it too. Um, this is the first season that we've watched that includes luxury items. One of the staple yeah. plot points of early, early season Survivor. Um, and so it got me thinking, guys, what would your luxury item be if you were to embark on this 39 day journey we call Survivor? I think I would probably bring uh, my vape rig so I can just <laughs> rip sweet cotton on the beach all day. <laughs> Oh, boy, that would be great. <laughs> great TV. <laughs> um, I think Jeff would definitely have thoughts about that. <laughs> I don't know if they would be like, man, vaping is the next great American innovation, or if he would hate vaping, but it would be one or the other for sure. I mean, it's 2002, so it's probably the innovation point. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Are, are cigarettes bad at this point in 2002? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to tell. It's Morality is pretty enigmatic world, so. at this point, it seems. We're all picking up the pieces, you know, smoking might be needed. Who knows? <laughs> it was one of those things, exactly. It was, you know, like 9-11 happened and everyone was like, you know what? Like, we're just going to take a year. You can smoke again. It's OK. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like like smack dab in the middle of that truth campaign, though. You guys remember that? Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> this is your brain. This is your brain on tobacco. Fried egg. <laughs> That's how that went, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then there was, do you remember the one that was like, uh, the, the like three people lived in that like disgusting home and then one person mm. like grabs a cigarette and the other two look at them and they're like, bruh, that's disgusting. Yeah. I don't remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> the, what, what big tobacco won't tell you is that <laughs> dirty, dirty stink boys don't even like, <laughs> don't even like cigarettes. <laughs> um, hey, Emily, welcome to Outwatch. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, I'll ask you the same question as always. What luxury item would you bring on Survivor? 
Yeah. Um, since you asked, I've thought of a lot of different options. One, my first thought was maybe like a deck of cards mm. so that I can make friends. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like when I studied abroad in Europe, they were like, just carry a pack of cigarettes, even if you don't smoke, because people like that. <laughs> so you can like follow bum cigarettes off. So maybe it's like the same with cards. I don't know. You could kind of like, do what I Adam did. I also really like to chew gum, and I also use chapstick all the time. Mm. So I thought about those things, those and then are I thought, too useful. well, yeah. So that was like maybe those are too useful. Maybe I just bring a laminated photo of my animals, my dog and cat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I'd have to narrow it down. You've got a lot tough. of options. I do. Um, Scott, welcome to Outwatch. Hey, how's it going? Wonderful. Hey, same question. What luxury item would you take on Survivor? Ooh, tough choice. Um, I'd probably just bring my Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you loading up into that Game Boy there, Scoot? Pokemon all day, every day. 100%. <laughs> Easy. 100%. Also, I got to say one more thing before we get started. Say it. Okay. Adam, as, my, as one of the great scholars of America, Ludacris once said, you better not slip up or get caught because I'm coming for that number one spot. Oh! The gauntlet has been thrown early on. I would drop my mic, but it's on a stand. <laughs> that would be bad audio. <laughs> Dude, I've still got this stupid llama staring at me right in the face right now. I need to get yeah. it to you. I, it's I, asking why am I not with Adam? Yeah. It's asking it's asking how come Adam isn't holding me while he wears his Tade tank top and records his this Survivor podcast. Are you wearing the tank top? Always. I can't <laughs> believe that you actually wear the tank top. I can shirt. attest. Can yeah. you I confirm that, this? Every time. I need that victory energy in my life. <laughs> I can absolutely believe it, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, that's why you're the only competition on this podcast. Whoa. <laughs> wow. Well, See, I don't even hear you because I just black you out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that 2002 sexism is rubbing off on Adam. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, fantastic. Well, um, like we always do, Let's start out this podcast by recapping what happens in this episode of Survivor, and then we will go through and react and talk about what happens. But first, let's take a trip down to Tree Mail and give you a run through of episode one of Survivor, the Amazon titled Boys versus Girls. Fittingly, I think I just hit the delete button on my notes. Where's my recently deleted? Here it is. I found it. How do I no longer delete this? Control put it, Z. Put it in a different place. I don't know how to do this. Move. Move to notes. <laughs> Crisis averted. All right. Here's what happened in Survivor, the Amazon. Are we going to cut one. that? No, that's staying in, dude. They've got to know. All right. So the big drop and... Uh, shtick of this season is revealed right off the bat that for survivor the amazon tribes are split by gender the men are on one tribe the women are on one tribe and right off the bat uh shauna on the female tribe of course has a tough time untying the boat from the bigger boat <laughs> as they shove off um, and immediately feels a little bit nervous or um un uh, excited about the prospectus of the women tribe and their ability to succeed out here when they land another one of the big um interesting 
reveals of this season happens where Christy uh, reveals that she is deaf or at least partially deaf, um, garnering mixed reactions from the rest of her tribe. On the men's side, on the other hand, they use the kerosene, which is conveniently placed in their camp to quickly get fire. And Dina on the women's side starts to take over things and take charge. They get the fire going at night and then uh, really dig into those boys on the other side roasting them going full roast time but the other side of this is that christy um with her disability has a really hard time communicating at night and feels excluded right off the bat on the other side of the island roger takes charge of the men's tribe comes off as bossy um ryan and daniel uh out themselves as lacking maybe some work ethic and rob outs himself as a strategic and sneaky player Back again on the women's side, Janet um, is not feeling well. She gets sick. She feels very tired. Um, a little bit later, Joanna and Jean on the women tribe bond over fishing and then end up cooking that fish in what they described as massage oil, which is a move. Um, next, we have the immunity challenge, which might I say is a banger of an immunity challenge right off the bat. Um, the tribes are chained together and then they have to complete a series of obstacles, breaking that chain in half each time. So it's eight people uh, stuck together, then it's in groups of four, groups of two, etc. The uh, men have a huge lead at the beginning when they decode a message way faster than the women. But then Daniel and Ryan get stuck on a balance beam for a long time. And the women <laughs> blow past them for a huge hum come from behind win, embarrassing the men, making them eat their words. Back at that camp before tribal council, Dave is mad. He gets real angry that the guys lied about um, fish catching on the mat before the, the challenge to Jeff and that they came in too cocky. And Rob sees this as an opening to use this conflict to his advantage. Right before we go to immunity, we've got Ryan going for Roger, Roger going for Ryan and Rob finding himself in the middle. And after a heated tribal council, Ryan is the first one voted out by a close vote, a score of four to three to one. Dave threw a lone vote at Daniel for some reason, um, meaning that Ryan was the first player voted out of Survivor the Amazon. There is a lot to unpack in this episode. Um and there's lots of highs and lows, but uh, how about we start out? What was the most standout moment of this episode in y'all's mind? Scott, would you would you care to go first? Sure. Um, yeah, there was a lot. It was a really long episode. It was like what? It was over an hour. Um, was it? Yeah, it was. It was an extended episode for sure. It, huh. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know this. The overall cockiness of the men's tribe. <laughs> is like the low hanging fruit. And yeah. since I've got to go first, I'm going to go ahead and claim it. <laughs> <laughs> the low hanging coconut, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, just the overall, we're going to, this is like the overarching topic, but this does not age well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's probably the big thing. Also, the early 2000 sunglasses Dude, are a major fashion sim we, that I picked up on right away. We're yes. going to have to get into some island fashion. Oh, yeah. Island fashion is going to be huge. Yeah, there's a lot of um, lot of fuel for that. Yep. 
So those are my two things, but yeah. Emily, do you have a standout moment? Um, yeah, I would definitely echo what Scott said. Um, <laughs> I would encourage listeners to this podcast. If you're like, oh, I remember this season and you haven't watched it, don't. Just just listen to us. <laughs> uh, it definitely doesn't age well. We'll give you the better synopsis of what happens and focus on gameplay. Yeah. Um, but I would also say... Um, Christy when she announced that she was deaf yeah that was a big moment for me just because that triggered my memory when I was little I remember watching this season because Mm -hmm. I remember her Mm -hmm. um and it was just really interesting to watch how how hard things could be in this game for Mm -hmm. someone who can't hear or read lips at night yeah um I don't know that just added a complexity to the game and some empathy i suppose on people who have to deal with others who may not be so welcoming i guess yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah i thought her story especially in this first episode was really compelling of like yeah this is a unique thing to survivor like they you know they often pitch survivor as like the ultimate social experiment um and uh, this is like a an element of that right of like what if we incorporate someone in here who has yeah like different needs or like mm-hmm. um different ability than the rest of the group how's that going to work out is that gonna you know be a cause for alienation or for like rallying together and it yeah to hear like her um yeah the like reality of what survivor is for her i, I found to be really interesting yeah uh adam standout moment yeah i so I was a huge fan of that challenge. I will say that it's a great um, challenge, and the comeback was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like they they really like set it up in that way of like the men are really cocky the whole time, and they're like, "There's no way we're gonna lose to a bunch of girls. No mm-hmm. way we're gonna lose to a bunch of girls." And even the girls are kind of like, you know, like on the whole, they're probably gonna beat us more than we beat them. Yeah, and then they like come through and they win, like no question win. Um, yeah. So it was like that was just that was really cool to see. It was really well told. We, we've talked about how good at storytelling Survivor is. And while there are definitely some really questionable edits and probably <laughs> push, you know, pr- producer pushed moments. Um, yeah. uh, overall, I would say like the, the overarching story was really cool. And especially uh, Jeff talks about at the beginning, the, uh, the conquistadors or whoever, when mm-hmm. they discovered the Amazon found this race of uh, warrior women yeah and so it, it like it starts with that and then it ends with the women actually coming back and winning it was just yeah it was it was a really cool survivor moment yeah i loved the the marooning like th- this was one of the most like compelling maroonings i remember yeah where he tells the story well first of all he like you know splits the tribes by gender which is a surprise to everyone and that's kind of fun to see but yeah, when he tells the story of like the Amazon women, like warrior race, you know, it's mm. like going like you just hear the shtick, right? Of like, oh, they split them by gender. It's like, eh, okay. At least for me, it's like, whatever. I don't know how much there is like to really tell here. But when you set it up with like, we're in the Amazon where the like story of this place is this like, powerful tribe of women it's like okay like that's kind of a cool setup for like the story of a season yeah agreed it's it's really well set up i i I think there's there's something we we see in these older episodes of survivor with like 
the themes that we don't get as much in the newer ones where it's more yeah. about the location and less about the way that they've organized tribes. And this kind of has both of those things combined really well. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, a, a f- couple first thoughts regarding the, um, the structural reality of survivor, the Amazon. I think that I really think because we watched Survivor Pearl Islands for our first season, right, which was the first the season directly after this one, Mm -hmm. even after just watching one episode of this, I really feel like there's a a strong like pivot in what Survivor is about in between this episode or this season and the next season, because you can like there was still plenty of like early reality show stuff in Pearl Islands. Right. But the Amazon is a reality show. You know, like in the truest sense of the word where you just like put random people somewhere and you watch them like mm-hmm. a reality show. Right. Yeah. And Pearl Islands, I think, is when the show starts to become a strategy reality game. Right. And so what you get in, you know, Amazon and all the seasons before it is way more. And this is still like entertaining and good television, but for different reasons where you get just like you're just watching these people on an island live together and like they happen to be playing a game, right? Where it it starts to shift in the other direction starting in season seven. So that's, I think, a, an important thing for us and our, our listeners to remember going into the season is that this is a totally different show than and a totally different story that's being told, right? Than like current Survivor and even like, you know, Survivor pretty shortly after this. And the other big thing, yeah, it, like Emily and everybody has alluded to this, that there's like real rough you know talk all the way on the scale from like gender biased unfair talk to like full rampant sexism you know mm-hmm. which is like real bad yeah. <laughs> and like yeah. a, a big bummer um and i i think it's yeah it's by no Whoa. means excusable but like it, trying to remember uh, you know for our listeners who were alive and conscious people at this time like what the world was in 2002, right? Where like somebody saying she's so hot, she could put Viagra out of business. Now you say that and it's like, what? You can't say that in 2002. Again, this doesn't make it right, but that's like a funny joke, (laughs) you know, it's, and it, that's the, it sucks. Right. But like, and and, and that's, and that's, that's the thing that it comes down to is, is like, this is such, it's, it's, it's simultaneously like a reminder of what we've come from. Yeah. And also this just like really intense reminder of the way it was, I guess. Like there's sort of this, you know, this is how far we've moved on this, but also like, look at how bad it was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, we could, that's certainly going to be a thing that we talk about, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and, but we could make this whole podcast about that. Um, but there's also like good bright spots. We talked about this before we started recording, but like, um, in this episode in particular, like the, the guys come back from losing the, the challenge and Dave is like, dude, we were like jerks back there. That wasn't cool. You know? Um, and he's kind of like ripped for a little bit, but he's like, you know, in a sense, kind of like standing up for something better than what the other guys were participating in. Um, and so, yeah, it's there's bright spots in the midst of it, but there is no way around some of the ugliness, too. 
Yeah, and, and I think we we should also be clear as commentators on this that we're commenting on people in a specific time. We like it, it's really easy to talk about this and make it sound like we're gonna just like talk about how horrible these people are, these guys are. Yeah. And like that may not be true anymore. Like they may look back on this and feel really bad about <laughs> the way that they behave. Yeah. Um and also, we have to remember that this is a reality show that producers are encouraging certain things and 100%. encouraging a narrative and pushing for this sort of, you know, conversation to take place. So it's it's. Yeah, this is a. <laughs> I told Adam I want to do like write an academic paper on this just <laughs> yeah. to be able to parse it out in my head about like the cultural. Yeah. Like <laughs> the time period. Yeah. Reality TV becoming a thing Mm -hmm. because it's yeah, it's hard to watch. Yeah. Sometimes. And uh, to me, like this is this sort of stuff is like fundamentally different than, for example, when we watched Pearl Islands, like Johnny Fairplay's sexist remarks in that. Yeah. This season, again, it does not make it okay, but they are set up by production, by CBS and to like be divided by gender against the other gender and to say bad things about the other gender. Right. That's the like whole setup of this yeah, thing. I, and then I Johnny Fair plays, say that it, it's made, it's a little bit worse that there are so many people participating in it. Whereas yeah. like Pearl islands, like you have, you have a very true villain in Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. And so it's, it's easy to like, yeah, of course he's going to say something like that. He's the villain, mm. like he's supposed to. Yeah. Whereas this, like we're supposed to, we're supposed to be finding someone to root for. And it is, it does make it kind of difficult in 2019. Right. To watch this and be like, yeah, like I can root for, you know, Rob or whoever, somebody, I remember yep. no one's name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, to the point that you made too about them, you know, like being, people that existed in this time and were like getting a portal to the 2002 versions of themselves. Like, um, this isn't like a spoiler because this isn't reflective on this person's gameplay, but rather like their ability to be a a good speaker. Uh, like Rob from this season ends up being like a very, um, like prevalent voice in like survivor community and like, um, commentary and stuff. Because, like, as you can probably guess from or get from these first couple episodes, he's like a funny guy and like a well-spoken, entertaining person. And he like comes off kind of rough in these seasons. But from like listening to him, you know, it's like I know that that's not who he is. And it it is kind of like yeah. a shock to watch because I'm like, oh, dude, like I like this guy. I can't believe he said that. Mm. Um, and like is he the Rob with the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, OK. OK. Um, that's why he ranks us so high. It's right. it's his. <laughs> it's, yeah, you're right. It's it's his season. Um, and I, I haven't like heard him talk explicitly about this before, but I'm I don't know. I don't want to like speak for him, but I'm pretty positive that if asked directly about this, he would be like, yeah, like I wish I wouldn't have said those things. <laughs> you know, I, I would be willing to bet this is something that hasn't crossed his mind in who knows how long like sure. this is something like who's diving into this archive and like he is well i mean but like him like beyond him like there's there's no one who's like forcing this conversation for him except or, for us rob can we get a statement yeah you rob, us? Ooh, we should do it <laughs> what do you think rob at rob what's your Twitter handle 
<laughs> at Rob Sesternino. Yeah, can we get can we get Rob on the podcast? That'd be amazing. <laughs> I I would love that. Would Reach love out. that. Reach out, Rob. I know you're listening. Yeah. I know you're listening, Rob. <laughs> Coming for your spot, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I was taking number one in everything. Number one. <laughs> so to that end, I, I, I think it's important that we like, yeah, we, we don't want to like um, excuse this talk or whatever, but um, at least in my mind, like blame for it rests a lot more on CBS and Survivor and production than it does on the individuals um, who are kind of put between an, a rock and a hard place, in my opinion. Again, doesn't make it okay. <laughs> <laughs> is still tough to listen to. Um, well, but I, when, I, so we were so we were watching this episode, getting ready for this podcast, and we were all texting a bit. And you had mentioned something like that in your text, and we yeah. had just started watching it, and already I was like, "Whoa!" But then, I, you know, watching the rest of the episode with what you said in mind, um, I think it's really interesting. I I think it would be really interesting to know even how they chose the clips that they used. Like mm-hmm. they showed um, side-by-side comparisons of the tribes making shelter and yep. they showed the guys like killing it. They're all growing out. They're all cutting down trees and made a shelter in like two seconds. And then the women are like every shot that they showed, they were messing up. The trees weren't falling. Yeah, like, you get like whatever. clown music. Which, and, yeah. granted, the women took a long time to make their shelter. So that's not like false. Mm-hmm. But to show those extremes in in the shots that they chose. Yep. Well, and they they specifically like they, they show those shots of the women failing. And then there's like very soon after that, a moment where the guys are talking about the women and they do this like weird dreamy like look at the women's tribe and they're all like bathing or like they're in the river and they're like it's it's really like the the production like the actual like producers and the editing of it it's done so it's in 2019 terms it's in really poor taste but it's like the only time you see them cohesively together and not screwing up is when the other the guys are talking about them as sexual objects and like I, I, it's just like that that part is what makes it so much worse for me. Yeah. And and that's and that's not on the guys like that's it's on the people who made the decisions. Well, it's both. But I mean, the yes, production like they, yeah. has amplified that. Yeah. Production amplifies for a that. story. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it makes it worse. That's all I'm saying. And that's what I think. Yeah. That's what I thought of when you mentioned that about. Yeah. You know, blaming CBS. Yeah, you're right. The The story that is being told in a lot of ways is that and that's not cool. Yeah. So, so anyway, who was the president of CBS in 2002? <laughs> you can you can tweet at Mark Burnett, executive yeah, producer of Survivor. Mark. Yeah, has he been me tooed? Are we are you still <laughs> are we okay with him? I don't know actually. I think he's good. I don't know though. It's an extensive list. Ugh. All right, let's get off the internet because it's terrifying. What yeah. else you got to talk about, Alex? Okay, yeah, so let's, let's move on. Uh, like, like we said off the top, we could talk about this for the whole podcast, and we it'll could. it'll definitely be something that comes up frequently. Um, but let's do <laughs> as best as we can um, to enjoy the season despite um, this nastiness. And there, I, I think there is still a lot of like entertainment in mm-hmm. here. Um, and a lot of fun characters. And I said that this off air, but in 
my limited memory, and again, this was like a 10-year-old version of me that watched this. Like, I think this lightens up as we get going. Um, if my if my knowledge of Survivor as a category, um, it, it's like this theme-related stuff is really heavy at the beginning, and then it just kind of um, turns into Survivor, and the theme is less relevant. So hopefully that's the case here, too. Um, I believe in Survivor. Yes. And then we'll, we just won't venture back into these early seasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, um, let's talk about a little, a little bit from a game and TV show perspective about what this um, gender-divided tribe um, division does to the way that this game works. Um, yeah, obviously that's the like biggest story and the biggest shtick from this season. Who, What sort of like players... Um, do you imagine that being s divided in tribes by gender, um, who, who, yeah, who do you think benefits from this sort of thing? Who do you think loses something? Um, I don't know if you're, you're thinking like specifics in this game or just like kind of archetypes, but, um, who do you think gets a bonus and who gets a, a loss from this sort of split? This is a really weird question i guess because i'm trying to think of like the the thing that's really missing in the women's tribe right now is someone stepping up and being a leader mm -hmm. um that that everyone kind of listens to and i'm, I'm trying i uh, my first my initial thought was like i can only think of men who really stepped up into that position but then we just got done with the with this last season and like that one girl from the brain tribe stepped up to be the leader and she was terrible um but she still stepped up and they did work for it. So I, I think that's the biggest thing that the women's tribe is missing, but I'm not sure if that's a result of the way that the tribe has been divided. Just like the personalities on the tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I, I think there's, there's definitely like a natural fear of like, well, the men will dominate in physical challenges, mm -hmm. which is obviously a really like sexist view on that. But like there is that natural fear involved and then the women win in the first challenge. So like, yeah, you're okay with that. Yeah. Plus the women have, and like Christie's rocked it. So like, there's no, like now there's no reason to think that she couldn't handle herself, but mm -hmm. the women have someone who is uh deaf on their tribe, which just automatically makes all of this, the social game so much more difficult mm -hmm. and the men don't have to deal with that. Yeah. So I, I, but again, that, that doesn't really have anything to do with like the gender other than it's just how it got just how it shook out. Yeah, I, I'm thinking like so there's even some some players in this season that speak to this of like um, I think Jenna says something along the lines of like being bummed out that she is a part of an all female tribe because she was planning on using, you know, like some of her charm um, to be able to work well with men. And that's not an option for her, you know. Um, and I forget who it was, but I feel like somebody on the men's side of things said something similar. Yeah, it was Ryan. He got voted out. Mm -hmm. He's yep. a model. So, yeah. And like maybe I don't know, this is rampant speculation, but maybe someone like Ryan is not the first one out if he isn't in a tribe of all men. Um, just knowing you know, the way that like dynamics form around certain groups of people, you know, sometimes those dy dynamics are group different when you're in a group of people who are all the same gender or whatever things. Yeah, just like are different um i yeah, think just go oh, ahead 
I was gonna say just from like a social game perspective, like some people like do better with members of the opposite sex. So yeah, like I could see where being in a tribe of all of the same people, if you don't naturally, for whatever reason, vibe with people of your same gender, where you might not be so high on how things shook out here. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's yeah, there there's a uh, oh, what is uh, when I uh, we were in the marriage counseling class he. The, the instructor talks about this where it's like most most like uh guys when they interact they interact face to face in like sports type settings mm-hmm. like it's like that and women are supposed to be like shoulder to shoulder it's flipped flip that um yes that's men, why men like going to bars because they don't have to look at each other yeah because they're shoulder to shoulder yeah. um so i mean you i i guess i could see a world where in like the men the men just are they, they work together better as a team because there's a natural like this person in charge. I can just put my head down and do what he seems to think is best. But there's also the flip side of that of like, why is he in charge and not me? Um, mm-hmm. So I. I was going to say, I think it's interesting because at least in the men's tribe, I'm kind of noticing um, some fractions not even fractions but some separation between age groups yeah Mm. which is interesting i feel like people just kind of want to click together and so they're all guys and they're kind of like relating to each other based on their age so there's some and and i don't know anybody's name but there's an older (laughs) guy who's kind of taking charge and being the leader roger Yes. (laughs) and then i think some of the younger guys who are saying some interesting things probably feel more comfortable doing that because they're all kind of like doing it which is an interesting social observation Mm -hmm. i suppose Mm -hmm. that's what i've noticed yeah you know i picked up like there are the two older gentlemen i think it's roger and butch in the men's tribe yeah um believe in yourself yeah believe in yourself (laughs) um just kind of how each one kind of acts and how the younger guys tend to kind of react to how they re- respond like i got the sense that like roger they kind of like ah oh, whatever it's we don't really like him but okay yeah, shut up dad <laughs> yeah but then i feel like they kind of like respected butch a little bit more so i just thought that parallel was maybe it was it was interesting watching the first episode mm-hmm. yeah butch is too wholesome for this show with his believe in yourself <laughs> banner <laughs> yeah. love butch um i don't know the best time to use this um clip this was a really really stupid thing that someone said from the male tribe during camp building that I just had to record. And I feel like there will be uses from time to time. It's all good in the neighborhood. It's all gravy, baby. (laughs) It's all gravy, baby. (laughs) What's that even mean? (laughs) 2002 was cool. They did seem to have a lot of like cheesy one-liners. Yeah. That's a guy thing. It's all gravy, baby. Second episode. Or was it the second one? Yeah, the second episode, she said it's a spoiler. But there's another cheesy one-liner in the next episode Mm. coming from the Women's Tribe. Dave, I think maybe it's just Dave. Because also in this first Tribal Council, Dave's like, bangarang. It's like, what? (laughs) 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 What is that? What did come out? (laughs) Wait, what? That's not a reference to the movie Hook, is it? I have no idea. I never saw Uh, Hook. Hook is a movie starring Robin Williams. Oh, that came out in 1991. It absolutely was a reference to that. Um, I'm uh, genuinely uh, impressed. (laughs) 
Yeah, so uh, basically, like, Robin Williams is Peter Pan, and he, like, leaves Neverland, and he grows up, and he comes back, and there's this kid named Rufio who, like, took over, and uh, that was their, that's all, like, the Lost Boys things, is bangerang! Anyway. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Man, these things never get old. Do you know how many times a day I say that? Cool. Everyone, everyone oh. needs to watch Hook. It's a good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, something to consider. Right? <laughs> oh, so good. All right. Um, so, yeah, we talked about luxury items already a little bit due to the opener, but this is the era of luxury items, which is a an staple in early season Survivor. This is something that, like, I remember, you know, was always in cast bios. It's like, oh, this is the person's luxury item. Sometimes they take a pretty prominent role in the storytelling. Um, other times they don't. But it's always like, yeah, like an important part of the editing of a show, of this show at least. And this is our first um, interaction with the luxury item. We see Butch's big believe in yourself banner, as we've alluded to. Um, and we, we've talked about, of course, the luxury items that we would bring. Um, do you guys have any like you say that you, you watch like early season of Survivor like most of America did? Do you guys remember this luxury item um, device? Did people used to bring toothbrushes? Okay, everybody gets a toothbrush. Oh, okay. Mm, wow. Everybody gets a toothbrush, sunscreen, and uh, feminine hygiene products, I believe. Condoms? I don't think they get condoms unless they were like, yo, producers, need a condom. Again, the Olympic Village. I think wow, if they asked, the producers would be like, hell yeah, I'm getting you a condom. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> do you remember the luxury items, though? I don't, but I don't remember much. Like I said, the only thing that triggered my memory was um, Christy. Mm, yes, I Christy. I remember. I remember them being a thing. I don't remember anything specific about them. Yeah, I, that's how I am. I don't remember much, but I, also I'm like not surprised at the thing. I remember from one early season, I forget who it was and what season, but some guy brought like a huge freaking American flag. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it like became, you know, like it's in the background of every shot now at the <laughs> camp. And it was just like very overt. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, America. Cool. So we talked about Christy a little bit, too. I think we've we've covered that storyline pretty well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, this is, I, I found this to be really funny. It, it did devolve into some problematic talk, but, um, speaking of the luxury items too, uh, Rob's luxury item is a magic eight ball. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Which, he seemed genuinely like I had a moment where I was like, does he really believe that what the magic eight ball says is true? Yeah. Let me, um, I'm beginning to think that's how he lives his life. Let me hit you with this. Okay. There are spirits in this jungle and through the magic of the magic eight ball, I can channel and harness those spirits. <laughs> yeah. How serious? Scale of one to ten. He's a computer programmer and that's basically magic. So, okay. so like 10. especially in 2002, that wasn't. <laughs> I just put these buttons and the computer does magic. I think that they still use like cards back then. I don't... Floppy disks. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the, I thought the sequence was so funny, <laughs> just like that confessional. Like I can harness was, the spirits of the island with my magic. It was magic such a ball. funny and good luxury item, and such a funny confessional that divulged into something really unfortunate. I know. <laughs> yeah, we took a bad turn. It did take yeah. a bad turn. <laughs> like that's like that's such a good luxury item that is such a fun like thing to bring and such a fun like thing to make, and then it just like took a turn. And I'm sure that wasn't the only thing they did with it. Definitely not. Definitely I not. Do like, oh, I do like how he's like, we don't ask it if we win. Yeah, or I know. <laughs> Which leads me to think it's like an 8 out of 10 how serious he is about it. So. Right. <laughs> I love, I'm, well, I'm no, pretty sure it's, it's a it's big funny joke. Because he's basically saying, like, we don't ask you questions that we'll definitely get answers to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and to the, the point of the locker room talk, too, like, again... If they are on a tribe that is not only men, there what percent chance is there that they openly say, "Am I going to hook up with this girl?" Yeah, it doesn't happen. Very low. It probably doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. I blame CBS. Um, <laughs> okay, so we I blame CBS. <laughs> yeah, CBS is fake news. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, we know oh, Survivor oh. scripted anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Tony the Llama, we went straight from Survivor Kagi on to this. Um, and the difference, this like struck me so hard watching this. How like, and we talked about it a little bit already, but how striking the difference between these two shows are, right? Of like, oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. It, and not just the like, you know, the fashion and the quality and the like structure of the show, but like, what like what the show even is like Kagiyan is a complex survival social strategy competition and Amazon is 16 people living in the jungle and one of them gets voted out each episode you know and there yeah there's the game yeah. element there's the like the strategy element but like it, I don't know and I like will tell people that old survivors a lot more about the surviving but a lot of this wasn't even about the surviving, you know, it's just like, let's see what interesting things these people are doing and talking about, you know, which like in some what makes me love Survivor more than anything else is this game. I feel like this. I've said this before, but I love the game aspect of the show. I find it to be so interesting to strategize and like analyze how to play this game well. But like this is a, another kind of like just it's an interesting, almost like entirely different genre of television. Um, what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The thing that really keeps striking me as we're watching is like I grew up with Survivor and I didn't watch it every single year, but like I know what it is. I know that it's a strategic game, but like these people are one of the first groups to ever play it. Right. So they don't right. have that it's like almost inherently understood at this point if you kind of grew up with it, but for them, they're just building it. So mm -hmm. that's so different. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I also, I remember watching survivor as a kid with my siblings and like everyone having to help keep track of who has a vote. So it'd be like, you know, like someone like Roger's name came up and I'd be like, I got it. I'm, I'm tracking Roger. And then like, you know, yeah. so-and-so's name would come up and, you know, my brother would be like, okay, I got Rob. And, you know, like multiples of us would track the votes because everyone would just kind of vote. Right. Like there wasn't anywhere near as much strategy. Whereas like in the later seasons, 
it's between like two people right every time like from day one it's between like two people so i I don't know in in some sense like i i think it is a better strategy game Mm -hmm. but i think it also has lost some of that like charm to it yeah yeah there's like a charm to this sort of season yeah but everyone the, has their own game yeah in this like everyone's just kind of like yeah i don't know like i don't like him i'm gonna vote for him like mm-hmm. i don't know and like other seasons you kind of see this like strong arm where it's like it's not me all right whoever you want it to be but i'm gonna vote for them <laughs> yep yep yeah i think of like old survivor so like i'm gonna throw out like a sports analysis like or kind of a sports parallel. sports um so like you think of like i don't know wilt chamberlain or somebody who played like way back in the day like everybody's like yeah he was a really great player but also like how great were the people he was playing with yeah thing so like that's how i think of like new survivor like everybody knows the game everybody knows what it's about etc versus like survivor amazon here people are still trying to figure it out those like impressive innovative players are still able to do that more i guess because it hasn't been done yet yeah versus you know nowadays but and there's like examples of this being proven right where like you have a legend from early you know first five seasons of survivor come back for like a returning player season later on and you're like amped because it's like oh wow can't wait to see this person play again and they suck because (laughs) they don't know how to play the new version of survivor you know it's like yeah i I think that's a good analogy it's even like I, i i can I couldn't imagine. Uh, uh, shoot, who's who's the person who has the llama impression in Kagan? Why can't I Tony. think of his name? Tony. I can't not imagine Tony coming going back and playing in this season and not getting voted out like immediately. Mm, yeah, like you just like you can't even play the way that they play now in the old days because it would just like it would come across as really weird and really like. I think honestly, I think this is probably a big turning point in Survivor. Like I, we haven't seen this season, but I I know specifically in season seven, Rupert has that moment where he he says like he's ruining my like pirate, you know my my pirate vacation, my pirate game, or whatever he says right there. And it's like, I, I think that is actually like a really true and like honest sentiment of this isn't an adventure anymore. This is a game. Yeah. This is a, an intense strategy game. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It, and like I didn't I wouldn't have identified that before we started this and we're in episode in. But it, it even from Pearl Islands to this, they're very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to the immunity challenge. We've talked about this a little bit already. It's a great challenge. Something I have to ask. Did you notice how the men all brought machetes to the immunity challenge. Yes. <laughs> what were they doing? They all did. One of them had it out and was waving it around. Yeah, freaking Matthew just like waving his machete around. Jeez. I did not notice that. <laughs> just re rewatch just this portion of this episode because it's wild. Every single one of them rolls up like holding a machete. Like, what did you think you were doing at this challenge? <laughs> we're going to cut their fa- cut their heads off. It was an intimidation point. Yeah, <laughs> maybe for today's challenge. One on one duel to the death with your machetes. <laughs> Survivors ready? <laughs> machete. <laughs> ready. Ready. Set machete. <laughs> yeah, it was just wild to see. Um, and we've, yeah, already touched on this, but this is like, 
I was so pleasantly surprised with how cool this challenge was for a first episode challenge of season six. It's like that mechanic of you're in one big group chain together Mm -hmm. and then you like get into smaller and smaller groups is like really interesting. Yeah, it was. And like mechanically it gave it allowed for both like, okay, you have to work together as a group. And also there's a chance here for every individual to mess up and like screw themselves and get voted out, which is and to great. See that individual screw up. It's yeah. not, it's not just like, Oh, an individual messed up, but there's eight of us. So it could have been me, but we're not hundred percent sure. It's yeah. it slowly singles out everyone. Yeah. It's a great challenge. And it made me think about too. I wondered how they would do this. And I think we've watched two um, episodes so far, and I think that this holds true. But like, I wondered how um, the producers would design challenges for this phase of the game in the tribes that are divided by genders, such that it doesn't give one gender like a distinct advantage over the other, right? Mm. Um, and I think that the challenges we've seen so far have done a pretty good job of that. You know, not to oversimplify things, but this one has like aspects of like balance which isn't necessarily tied to you know one gender being better than the other it's there's a like a decoding process there's like general speed right which are all things that you know i don't think that one group would have a distinct advantage over the other in right it's pretty much 50 50 like yeah any anybody could be good or bad at any of those things um and then anything we we need to talk about at tribal here um this is a close vote it ends up um there's kind of the two factions there's the roger faction of kind of the older guys and then there's the ryan faction of the younger guys who are both swinging at one another um and it ends up being ryan that's voted out four three one the other three go on roger and then the one ends up on daniel that was casted by dave um anything about the vote out here um, that you want to talk about anything about Ryan's game um, that's worth talking about? I just don't. I, I I don't feel like there was much. I didn't see the strategy in this. Yeah, it felt like it just happened. Yeah. Like yeah, I I I understand getting rid of Roger. He was he's he's a leader in the tribe, but like, and, and like he might annoy you in that, but also like he's the leader in the tribe. You can get him out anytime. Um, like, you know, you'll yeah. be able to rally votes against him whenever, uh, it was who, who, who left? Was it Ryan? Ryan's the one that Ryan. left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Was he one of the guys who kept screwing up in the balance beam? Yep. Yeah. It was him yep. and Daniel. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So in my mind, it should have come down to those two. It's weird that Roger was even like right. so close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did find it interesting how Ryan immediately pivoted to Roger. I'm like, I don't know. I oh no, I could just be dumb and be better at commenting on this than actually playing. But I would have thought that going after Daniel would have been like the play. Yeah. Well, and there was at least one, maybe two times where Ryan made it across the balance beam and Daniel screwed up. Like, yeah, yeah it was definitely more on Daniel in that in that particular challenge than it was on Ryan. But they were kind of lumped together. Yeah. I think so, what it, yeah, yeah, I think what happened was that yeah, you talked about the, you know, like Roger kind of ends up in the leadership role. I think it's that yeah, Roger has a sight set on Ryan and Daniel as um perceived as young and not hard working guys. Um and they kind of goofed at the challenge, right? And so um he was those were the people that he um got his sights on and as somebody willing to kind of take charge and rally votes, that's you know how things went. 
Uh, worth, I guess, pointing out here that the votes for Roger came from Matthew, Daniel, and Ryan. And then Dave's vote was for Daniel, like we said. So um, the other person who sided with Ryan and Daniel was Matthew, the guy with the extreme kind of like heavy comb over. And, and then wildly waving machete. Correct. That's the one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it does kind of feel like it's sort of divided by age. Um, you've got Alex, Butch, Roger and Rob. I guess Rob's not necessarily any much older than Daniel or Matthew or Ryan, but um, Alex, Bush and Roger definitely are. Yep. Um, so that's how that all shakes out in this first tribal council. Um, like you said in your analogy earlier, you, Adam, you, you get like a random stray vote here and there with really no strategic implication, <laughs> but mm. just because somebody doesn't like someone, the charms of old school survivor. Um, and that's that from episode one of Survivor the Amazon. Anything that we missed here? Anything that's worth talking about before we wrap up? 2002's fashion game was on point. Dude, oh, yeah. I'm I'm ready for an extensive, extensive island fashion segment coming in this next episode. Oh, yeah. It's coming hard. We'll bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, that's that then. Thanks for listening uh, to Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. Make sure you subscribe. We just kicked off this season of um, our Outwatch recap, so uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes forthcoming. Um, we've got one more episode before we break into our Outwatch fantasy draft, so you want to stick around for that too. Next time on Outwatch, we will be recapping episode two of Survivor, the Amazon titled Storms. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>